0: an actress, a writer, a documentary filmmaker, improv, troupe member, and poet. She starred in the classic films All the President's Men, The In-Laws, and former guest Michael Elias' The Frisco Kid. On television and the movie, she's appeared with Peter Strauss, Tony Randall, Gene Wilder, Dustin Hoffman, Sam Elliott, Dennis Hopper, Mr. T, Jack Warden, John Rubenstein, and Sammy the Chimpanzee. She has produced two full-length documentaries, but always loved to write. Her new book, Sonics from Suburbia, it looks at everyday life in iambic pentameter. I'm thrilled to talk to Penny Pizer. Good morning. Good morning. And first of all, thanks to your husband, Doug McIntyre, who helped set this up.
1: Oh, well, of course. He's my best publicist. Anyway, I'm very, very happy to be on your show.
0: Thank you. And first of all, did you always like to write?
1: I was six years old, got to go see uh, My Fair Lady in New York uh, with the the original cast before your time in. Uh, uh, And I think I was always drawn to poetry, though. uh, I actually have a little mimeographed book from elementary school that I wrote with my best friend, Beth Nolan. Uh, It's called Poems for Fun, and I think uh, that title was kind of prescient because I do Look at poetry. Not that it can't be serious, but I do think of it as a fun, a fun form.
0: Did you choose iambic pentameter as a challenge to yourself?
1: No, uh, I didn't. I chose it because I love it. I'm a huge Shakespeare fan, and I started writing sonnets as a result of a uh, Shakespearean acting class I was taking at the Anteas Theater in Los Angeles. And one of our assignments was to write uh, a sonnet in the Elizabethan form, which is the form that Shakespeare used. And um, I loved it so much, I just kept writing them. So uh, I just, I've always loved rhyming and I love rhythm. And uh, this this form of poetry is uh, very pleasing to me. It's fun to read, it's fun to perform, and it's fun to write. Okay.
0: One of my favorite ones from your book was about the, you being on an airplane and there's some turbulence and (laughs) for some people that would have been a tweet or amusing, but what made you decide to make it a poem? Well,
1: first of all, I was, when I thought of writing, when I thought of that one, um, uh, I mean, any writer is out there knows and maybe you write too, Ian, I don't know. Um, you know, you just get a thought in your head. You have a memory of something that happened or you or, or you remember a story someone told you or you just get an idea. Um, and I was writing sonnets and I thought of this actually was an incident uh, from my life. Uh, most of my sonnets, I want to point out, are not autobiographical mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> sonnets from Suburbia is not a memoir. Um, but that particular sonnet I was on an airplane, uh, like, gosh, 40 years ago, literally. Uh, I was going on location for a television movie I was doing called Blue and the Gray. And uh, a woman actually asked me that, mm. sitting next to me. Uh, so <laughs> she talked me into coming to, uh, you know, she was an evangelist, I suppose. And, and uh, she, we were both flying to Arkansas was going home, I was going to location, and, you know, she invited me to her church, and I went to her church one Sunday, and it was a whole thing. So anyway, I just happened to remember that during the time I was writing sonnets, and by the way, the time I'm writing sonnets is now. I mean, I write them constantly. I started writing them uh, about 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, it is the thing I write, so when I thought of this incident, I wrote a sonnet about it.
0: Okay. And I know you have two children, and I was reading your sonnets, and even if they weren't uh, autobiographical, and I know your next one has a sexy title, is there anything really, is is there anything in you that's a little odd about putting these out where, you know, your children can read them? Which ones are you talking about, Ian? Well, you talk about uh, the feeling between, you know, between your legs. Okay, I'm forty five, and I and uh, I don't know if I could want to know about my mom. So, uh, you, you don't want to know that your mom has ever had sexual uh,
1: feelings.
0: Well, not not ever, just now, just now. Okay, you're actually. I mean, I I just only I saw you on another podcast, and I just saw you when I was talking to you. you could you look like you're in, uh, you know the same decade as I am, and you're actually two weeks younger than my mom? You just had a birth. Uh, don't, yeah don't say that um, do you think you talk about uh, your three husbands you think that the relationships make you a better writer
1: i don't think so i mean you know if divorce made people great writers every you know every other person would be a great writer you know what that's true um, i think i think being able to uh observe and absorb your experiences certain way is what artists do whether they're painters or actors or writers or dancers I think everything in your life kind of informs whatever art form you've chosen Mm. so I don't you know just because you've had experiences uh that doesn't tell you how to express them any more than a dictionary tells you how to arrange words okay no I mean even if I hadn't been I even if I had
0: And you also write about the division in our country. I guess that's something nobody can get away from. You grew up in Irvington, New York, which That's right. is, is that in Westchester County? Your dad was the mayor and then later a congressman. Yeah, I think you were already an adult by that time. Yes, that's correct. Boy, you've done a lot of research, that's that's wh- Ian. Yes, that's why I try to like, like, give myself a month to before I talked to him. But yeah, yeah I, was, you, I don't think at that age you were able to vote for him this first time.
1: Uh, no, I wasn't. Because uh, at that
0: time, I think the voting age was still 21. Right. Yeah. So you went to Emerson. And so you're the fourth person from Emerson that I've had on. No kidding. Uh, Diana Peckham, whose no, parents don't know each other. Nope. Her, her parents were her father was the head of the athletics there, but she wrestled Andy Kaufman on Saturday Night Live. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Paul Kreppel. The
1: Oh, oh,
0: Paul. Oh, yes, I know Paul. He, not only it was weird. I had him on, and then I did Ancestry, and he came up as a cousin. You're kidding me? No. Isn't that wild? I know on that oh i I don't know i think my father's side oh okay Mm -hmm. and kiki Kazanis, who is a, a producer
1: uh yeah i don't know her
0: and then you what was it like with the proposition Broadway and off Broadway, you're doing the same thing every night and trying to make it look effortless yeah. and new, right? And this year you're doing a new thing every night and just just trying to do it. Yeah, exactly. Very good it. Because I always thought Broadway. Way to put it. But, thank you. I always thought Broadway was like the hardest job because you have to do the same thing night after night and make it look new. But I guess yeah, I guess improv is harder. i okay. Who was in the proposition? Was Fred Randy there when you were there? Jane Curtin? No, no. Um, I didn't know Jane Curtin was in the
1: proposition. I guess I thought at first a Second City person, but you've done your research. Um, the only actor who I think you would know who was with me was uh, Ray Baker. Um, and I don't even know if he was using that name when he was in the proposition.
0: Hadel Baltimore, what role did you play in that? When it became a sitcom, was there any? Were you asked to audition, or you had nothing oh,
1: to? Oh, 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 Baltimore? No, I was not. No, I wasn't involved at all. I don't remember. Actually, I think a friend of mine might have worked on that as a writer. Um, no, I was. I don't remember what year that was, but I would have been. I don't think there would have been any regular role that I was right for in that
0: by that time.
1: Okay. I'm really not sure. I may not have even been asked yet no. where if I was I was out there and I was already doing rich man poor man so I'm not sure it was
0: the 75 76 season so you probably
1: okay, I I was not there because I went out to California June of 76 and rich man poor man was on the
0: 76 77 season right yeah because that's one of those shows there's about five shows I really want to see that that you know that either they were on when I was before I was born or two or three years old, High Elf Baltimore is one of those sitcoms because Norman Lear and, but Mm -hmm. I've never seen it and, um, you know, the only, I think I talked to one writer and he's like, yeah, I wrote an episode but he couldn't remember what it was about so it's like, I have to go to the panel. Yeah, it it, it only ran a season, right? Or
1: maybe
0: it didn't even run Yeah, 13 weeks, but but it had Charlotte Ray and Conchata Farrell. Oh yeah, well Conchata was in the original production of High Elf Baltimore. Yeah. And you came in on the second season of the Tony Randall show.
1: That's right. Um, I did it. The show ran two years. The first year it was on ABC. It got canceled. And then CBS picked it up at the MTM studios. And that's the year. That's when I did it.
0: What was it like working with Tony Randall? never smoked right? He never smoked no
1: he was just absolutely oh he was vehement about smoking that's funny you why do you
0: why do you ask that? No I I, mean, I meant you never smoked.
1: Oh me? No I'm afraid I did have a little flirtation with
0: cigarettes but, but not by the time I met him. Oh because okay, I was like you, you didn't do it in front of him right? Because I just know, I just know oh, that His famous, his famous line was "Lips that touch cigarettes shall never touch mine." Yes, yeah.
1: Well, I don't know if he ever kissed Mary Tyler
0: Moore. Probably no, not. probably not. Um, also, got a chance to work with Hans Conry. Oh yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Just very, very briefly, he was playing my grandfather, Tony's father, and uh, yeah, that was that was lovely to get to meet that
0: gentleman. And you had Brian well, Dennehy as a love interest. He was um, yours. Rachel
1: Roberts.
0: No, he was your. It said in the episode's description. I said that I read it, it was you had a much older and well, mafia. Brian Dennehy. Yeah.
1: Oh, I thought you said. I thought you were still talking about
0: Hans Oh no no no! Brian Dennehy. Oh,
1: brian twice in my career brian was a an amazing actor great guy yeah and
0: gone yeah and you said that the first thing that you ever saw was my fair lady and you got to work with rex harrison's (laughs) ex-wife that's right she had a lot of choice words to say about him that's for sure oh i'm sure she i'm sure she did yeah rachel was a character poor
1: Mm. I I didn't think I I immediately understood that it was not going to be a kind of natural thing for her to take to me so I was I was very deferential to her and uh, and we had a very nice a nice relationship
0: they're out they're all on YouTube like in the past week I'm always, yeah, I'm always scouring stuff for 70s TV. I love the era of TV right before I was born for some reason. Uh-huh. And I had Ken Levine. He wrote two episodes in the first season, but for some okay. reason, those were the only ones that were never put on YouTube. And then they just were. And then the whole second season.
1: That's a riot. Because- look because
0: i'm very
1: curious
0: who put them up and if youtube will
1: allow them to um, well stay there well i know. I don't know what the licensing arrangement
0: is for something like that i know the story because it's airing in canada on a streaming service so somebody somebody you know took it took the streaming service on the computer and cut the episodes off took the episodes off and put it on youtube i don't know what youtube's going to do about it but That's how they got it.
1: They might get get yanked down very shortly, so I'll take a look while
0: I can. You were also on the pilot of a guilty pleasure of mine, BJ and the Bear. Oh, (laughs) you don't have to feel
1: guilty about that. Yes, um, you know, actually, it was a TV movie that became a backdoor pilot. It was not a pilot. Oh. Uh-huh. mm <música>
0: to bring stilts back
1: yeah 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 uh, oh. um yeah i should have i probably should have i mean huh. you know one one looks back and goes crap wish i had done that but anyway it was the tv right. movie was uh, just a great a great time and i still run into greg Epigan once in a once in a blue moon mm. and uh yeah it was that was a fun thing and my my uncle's with us. I'm actually in my office staring at a picture of Uncle John and myself now as on the set of BJ and the Bears
0: standing oh, next to a helicopter. That, oh, that's, that's the ending of the pilot, yeah. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I was wondering and then you answered it without even me having to ask you the question. I started watching Beretta recently and directed by John Pizer. I'm like, I wonder if that's yeah. related. And then didn't, you were on some show talking about My Uncle John. I'm like, okay, yep, that's him.
1: Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. yeah home you know yeah. they had to be in early but they're going home early and everyone was very happy and they said oh will you come back and he said no mm. he was a character i
0: heard the same in the nine to five thing about uh, bob newhart if you worked on one of his shows you know you would be home for dinner oh that's cool yeah well that's a good way to live mm. you know, it
1: makes, makes
0: life a little more livable i was actually Uh, I listened to a podcast where people watch the pilots of TV shows, and they watched the pilot of BJ and the Bear, and they thought you were Southern. They thought you did. So, you know, you. I
1: was supposed to work with an accent. Yeah. I mean, I did work. I had an Arkansas
0: accent. Right. And they they, they thought you uh, looked like and sounded like June Carter Cash. I, I knew where you were from, so I, I knew you were Southern, but they didn't know you, so they were like, oh, this is very, they were like, she's probably a Shakespearean actress, and she has to read out this dialogue, and, and yeah, and then you were in two great comedies, back to back, The In-Laws and The Frisco Kid.
1: It's very interesting. I mean, that was back in the days when I would get offers. That was a job I was offered. Of course, I accepted. And then um, I auditioned for the in-laws, and I thought, I, you know, I thought to myself, "Man, I'm right for this part," which is not something I, I mean. And I thought, I, I bet I get cast in this part, and then I wasn't. Mm. And so I was like, I'm out to dinner, and I get a, well, not a call. I got a beep on my beeper and I ran to a phone booth if anyone out there remembers day, and called my agent I said, what's up? And he said, you got to get down to Warner Brothers right away they want you on the in-laws set they're replacing the actress they hired and you need to be fitted for a wedding dress you need to go to Warner's right now and I was like, okay so I zipped down to Warner's at 7 at night and uh That fitted for my wedding dress, and the next morning I was on the set with Alan and Peter and company. That was that was pretty great.
0: What were they like? Oh, fabulous! Mm -hmm. Just fabulous. I don't know if you noticed on the back
1: of my very nice uh, testimonial from Alan about my poetry. but
0: these things in New York. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do a lot in New York. You guys have a lot of mm. stuff in New York, too. I always know Nancy Dussault from Too Close for Comfort.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, which was after.
0: Right. She was Dick Van Dyke's wife on his second show? Um, I don't even know. You know, I didn't watch that show much. And then the Frisco Kid. Did you have scenes with both actors, Harrison Ford and Gene Wilder? I'm trying to remember. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, Harrison was in, I didn't have a one-on-one scene with him, but uh, we were in a big group scene where uh, Bill Smith, the second time I'd worked with Bill because he was the villain on Rich Man, Poor Man, um, where Bill Smith comes in and he's gunning for Gene, and comes in and disrupts his whole kind of wedding celebration issue we're having, um, and Harrison was in that scene. And, and then we were, he was in the, you know, the finale, the wedding scene with us. And so I thought i certainly got to chat with him. Um, and, uh, yeah, very, you know, very interesting people. Had a mad crush on Harrison Ford who didn't. And, uh, and Robert Aldridge, who was the director, the director of The Dirty Dozen, as you know. Um, interesting choice for a movie like that. Uh, you know. Yeah, I wish I, I was. I was very. I felt very intimidated by him, um, and uh, you know, very. I, I don't mean old-fashioned when I say old, but you know, from an old, old school of directing. Um, anyway, another, another fascinating guy. He and Gene Wilder used to have very serious conversations about writing and directing. You know, kind of in-between scenes and stuff like very, you
0: know, a lot of serious conversations Gene was having with him and I would just kind of stand there silently and listen. Right. Because I had Michael Elias on, the screenwriter. Mike... Mike Nichols was supposed to direct it. Get out! If
1: only! Oh my gosh! I never knew that!
0: Because he was telling me that he wrote two screenplays back-to-back that Mike Nichols was attached and had a meeting with and then he decided not to and it, first of oh, it was it was the jerk and then the frisco kid and both wow. both he had meetings with michael mike nichols he said yes and then he decided to do a broadway show instead wow Just, wow well frankly i probably wouldn't have gotten cast if it was mike nichols <laughs> <laughs> is a very very sweet guy he's very very nice and he's writing he's writing books uh police uh novels is he yeah i've got okay i've gotta i've gotta reach out and see what he's doing thank you for telling me that no problem and you were in a really cool miniseries wild times which i just
1: watched Uh, yes oh you just watched it
0: where did you find it on youtube
1: So oh, that gives you, that an will you know. Um, oh yeah, that was great. Had a mad crush on Sam Elliott. But you know, it didn't go anywhere because A, he was with Catherine Roth and B, I was married and pregnant. So, right.
0: Watched uh, The Girls in the Office. Oh, God, I mean, where did you see that? Also on YouTube.
1: On YouTube?
0: Yep.
1: I, I mean, clearly don't, I mean, I'm so, sounding like a real Muddite or something, but um, <laughs> man, I don't know how they get to do
0: that. Nobody cares, this is the truth, nobody cares about made for TV movies. Okay. Because if they, they'd be streaming, if people did.
1: As much as I can stand it, which probably won't be very much. Yeah, Girls in the Office, that was 1978. That was a lot of fun. And
0: you were. That was a. Yeah. One show I couldn't find was Sweepstakes. Says it's different. It's like you win. You win the lottery. It's like yeah. it was an update of the millionaire. You talking about? Oh, you are talking about um, Elizabeth Taylor and, and uh, the uh, the Welsh? Uh, what's his name? Yeah. Richard Burton. Yeah. I mean, the cast is, is, is uh, Jim Backus, Ed Cookie Burns, Jack Elam, Jonathan Harris, Roddy McDowell. That's, That's
1: a, what I was trying to say,
0: Roddy McDowell. Oh, David Ogden Styres, Vic Tabak, and David, Chuck Chuck He my love interest.
1: David Stiers was my love interest. That's not believable at all. Well, not, nothing was
0: believable. Me as a Polish or mid-European tennis player, not believable. Right, <laughs> You were in the blue and the gray. her and work with her really 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 was wonderful she was just one of the great great actresses and was she was she was george c scott still at the time or no
1: no no they were divorced
0: and you did the a-team No.
1: Like a migrant worker. It was just crazy. I mean, insane. <laughs> insane
0: casting. You know what's Another show I actually have all the episodes of is Masquerade. Oh, Masquerade? I think I did an episode of that. Yes. That was Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley and. Was it Greg Evigan? No. No. I don't
1: think so.
0: Yeah, it was Greg Evigan. It was? Yes.
1: <laughs> Greg was in that alright I'll have to look I'll have to look that up yeah I didn't even I think I was a you know it was on a boat I think I was a honeymooning couple yeah that was Kirstie that was the one time I worked with Kirstie and um uh yeah it was pre-Cheers obviously yeah. I guess it was also pre-Star uh, Trek was, no um, right after that was
0: right after her Star Trek thing yeah oh wow okay it was a like mid-season rep- eighty three, eighty four 84 season replacement. Ah, uh, okay. But right. then you did the role that I most know you for because this is a show that my whole family watched together crazy like a fox. Oh, wow. Oh, that's
1: sweet. You know, that show that show should have run for years and it only ran a season and a half. And we got so messed around but it was just like it was just like gerrymander their district.
0: Right. You know, um, and my father was a victim of that, actually, in his political
1: I read work. that. But, um, I mean, we had the perfect lead in Murder, She Wrote. Huge hit, right? Right. We were following Murder, She Wrote. Perfect. Because, you know, two older stars, right? Older Ooh. audience. It was just perfect. And then they moved us opposite Falcon Crest. Ooh. And then they moved us I don't even remember, and the audience didn't remember either, and we just lost we lost everybody. We lost our ratings, went in the toilet. I mean, we were in a successful spot, and so what did they do? Of course, they moved
0: us. Right, doesn't it? Yeah, so, they don't know they do that.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't know what that was about. I don't know if someone had it in for the show, but why would CBS you know, shoot themselves in the leg like that? I, I don't know.
0: Usually it's because usually it's because like they have a producer who says, "Oh, I have that. I'm gonna, I'll come to you, but I have to have the after murder she wrote spot or something like that." And they just toss whatever was there. Maybe
1: I don't know. That's we what, don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, yeah. My, my two of my producers, George Tank and Frank Cardia, they went on um, and they were producers on NCIS for. Mm. I don't know. Many, many years. In fact, I think. Well, George just retired a couple of years ago, and I don't actually. I haven't been in touch with Frank, and I don't know if he's still on the show. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but and we didn't get picked up, of course. So, yeah.
0: And you, but you did two made-for-TV movies the next season because people still like, still wanted the show.
1: Yeah, yeah, but we just did one. Oh, only one. Uh, Mm. And
0: uh, yeah. And what was was Jack Warden as funny in real life as he just always appears? Um, he was he was great. He was a great guy. I I don't.
1: Um, I mean, he certainly wasn't a, a comedian. I mean, he was lighthearted. He didn't. Uh, I don't remember like you know it being a right. laugh Or maybe he told
0: more jokes to John. I don't know. Uh, all right. <laughs> And then you did Knox Landing. Yeah. Which I did not watch. <laughs> That's not... Right. Well,
1: I would not say that I don't think you're in the right demographic
0: for Knox Landing. No. I think my mom did, definitely. Was a good job. It was yeah. And you did a lot of uh, procedurals in the last uh, 10, 15 well, years. Shameless is a really good show. Which one? Shameless. And show i'm guessing yeah uh-huh uh
1: and it's just all about lady Penelope. <laughs> so if you're if you're out here in please come oh i definitely would be out in la in june I,
0: our first show is june 3rd oh uh-huh. so we the 20th anyway i'm going to be posting about it or whatever but um I, i'm still teaching thank you i teach till june, june 26th yeah but i would if I wasn't working one other thing I wanted to ask you is General Hospital. Were you, were well, you, were you on? There? No, I just
1: was. I, I wish I had done it. Actually, um, I, I just was there doing it for a day. Well, because I don't even yeah. have anything to say about it. I was just
0: a guest person. Okay, because it, usually it's like you were visiting a friend, and they said, "I oh, want you to just do the scene for a second."
1: Tennessee who's a fabulous actress and a, has been on that show for gosh 14 years I'm not sure how long Carol's been on that show but yeah she said why don't you come by and do this thing so I did
0: yeah that's what it, that's what it always looks like when it's when you see something like that yeah yeah well thank um, you
1: yeah, yeah so that's it so I'm always you know like most journeyman actors Always, always looking for the next job. But meanwhile, you know, I really do love uh, what I'm doing. Uh, writing sonnets and doing this Lady Penelope character. And I don't know if you've checked out my very little seen YouTube channel. Um, I've seen it, you know,
0: so I don't...
1: Well, well yeah, dozens and dozens of people have seen it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're on a merry-go-round. And so you're being interview- interviewed by Bob Woodward. Yeah. What mall did you shoot that in?
1: Uh, we weren't in a mall. Oh, wait. Are you talking about oh, I'm sorry. the movie? Oh, yeah. Are you talking
0: about Bob? With Bob? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. When you were Lady Penelope and you're on like uh, a merry-go-round. Oh, 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 oh I, I get it. Uh, there's just a mall out here in Woodland Hills, California. All right. The only, uh-huh. the only mall I'm familiar with is the one from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There are many malls. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I'm from Massapequa, Long Island originally, and so is Jerry Seinfeld. And his joke was that Massapequa is an Indian word meaning near the mall. <laughs> but that mall isn't even open anymore. I bet. Is it still standing or
1: has it been
0: converted? It hasn't been converted yet, but the other malls around on Long Island they're still they're still big. People still go. It's just that one they decided Uh, they didn't want to go to anymore. Aw. Well, all good malls must come to an end. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I never did that. I was never one of those teenagers who was playing at the mall anyway, so. Yeah,
1: well, malls were before my teenage years, that's for sure.
0: Mm. Hard to believe. You would not be guessed correctly by one of those carnival people. And thank you very much for doing this. Oh, this is so much fun, Ian. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I like a little, and, little uh, walk down memory lane. Yes. Yes, it was. And uh, I do encourage your listeners to check out my book on uh, Amazon. Uh, I will put a link. Appreciative. I'll put any links you want in the show notes. Great. And I got to see two rooms in your house, one, one with Doug one with you. And I'm in my office, which I share with my, my dog and my cats.
1: Uh, very good. Well, they're very generous to share with you. Shall I email you or text you uh, a link to my book?
0: Absolutely. Because if not, I was just going to go onto the Amazon one and then post that. Oh,
1: okay. Same, difference. Same oh, difference.
0: okay. All right. Well, thank you very much and have a great day.
1: Okay, Ian. Thank you so much. Anytime.
0: Oh, thank you.